Okay, so um, we're in our season of Pentecost. This is our season of the outward spirit. This is the time that we really, really press into the Holy Spirit because the summer months are months of harvest. We plant, we sow, and we harvest. This is the best time to do outreach. The summer months, everyone's out at the parks, right? People are getting together, they're eating, they're going to the mall. This is the time that we can really, you know, uh, press in and, and, and work with God in bringing people to his son. And so I'm super excited about the summer months. I don't like winter. I do not like winter. I think of moving every winter to Florida, you know? I think, what am I doing in Colorado, right? So, uh, <laughs> and I love Colorado, right? Colorado's great. We go from winter to summer. I think there's one or two days of spring somewhere, but that's that. it's winter to summer, just almost overnight. It's just, uh, yeah, and sometimes we get all four seasons in one day, Colorado. So unpredictable in every way. But this is our summer months, and uh, we really want to press into the Lord as a community and uh, do some outreach and bring in some new blood into the kingdom. That's what we're called to do. So I'm going to talk today about five types of spiritual leaders in Messiah's community. When Yeshua was raised from the dead and later ascended into heaven, leaving this earth behind to become the King of kings and Lord of lords, he did not leave us without leadership and guidance. He made sure that we would be cared for and equipped to carry on his work of redemption on earth. He did this by giving us some amazing, gifted leaders to lead us. These are represented in apostles, in prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. But what exactly do they do, right? I mean, I think we understand what the pastor does. I think we understand what the uh, teacher does. But the evangelist, well, that's a little, that's a little, you know, clouded. And especially what? The apostle and the prophet? Yeah. Got to do some work here to sort all that out. How do they differ? And at the same time, how do they connect? All of these leaders are seen throughout the Tanakh and throughout the Renewed Covenant. But what about today? Are they here today? If so, how would we recognize them? More importantly, are you called to one of these offices? In this teaching, we'll begin the journey of exploring these and other questions regarding the five gifts of Messiah for his community. Fivefold gift, right? Apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers. Five. So we're going to look into that. In fact, I think, I feel like it's going to be a series. Five offices, maybe five sermons, right? We'll take it slow, dig in, learn some things. We'll make application. So I'm going to read our chair passage. It's found in Ephesians chapter 4, verses 1 through 16. I'm just going to read through that. And after we read through that, we'll begin to unpack that. But I want you to get the context of, of our fivefold ministry passage. I want you to see uh, the sur surrounding passages so that we have a better understanding of what this is about. 
Paul is speaking here to uh, the city of Ephesus, to all the churches in Ephesus. And he says, Therefore I, the prisoner of the Lord, implore you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling of which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, showing tolerance for one another in love, being diligent to preserve the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as also you were called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. But to each one of us, grace was given according to the measure of Messiah's gift. Therefore it says, when he ascended on high, he led captive a host of captives, and he gave gifts to men. Now this expression he ascended, what does it mean except that he had also descended into the lower parts of the earth? He who descended is himself also he who ascended far above all the heavens so that he might fill all things. And he gave some as apostles and some as prophets and some as evangelists and some as pastors and teachers. For the equipping of the saints, for the work of service, to the building up of the body of Christ, until we all attain to the unity of faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a mature man, to the measure of the stature, which belongs to the fullness of Christ. And as a result, we are no longer to be children tossed here and there by waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by the trickery of men by craftiness and deceitful scheming. But speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in all aspects into him who is the head, even Christ, from whom the whole body being fitted and held together by what every joint supplies, according to the proper working of each individual part, causes growth for the body, for the building up of itself in love. So let's unpack this. These are called the ascension gifts. These gifts are people. He gave these people to his church when he ascended on high. He left the planet. He's in heaven now. But he did not leave us as orphans. He has given to us, to the body, to the, to the church at large, gifts, people, apostles prophets evangelists teachers right these are these are people that he has given to equip us so that we can carry on the work of his kingdom on earth as it is in heaven so let's look at verse 11 he gave some as apostles some as prophets some as evangelists some as pastors and teachers these are referred to as the fivefold ascension gifts. Keep in mind, they are people. Unlike the other gifts, these are actually people whom Yeshua calls and gives to his church to establish local congregations and to equip them, to build them up and equip them to be lights in their cities. 
These people are radically committed to the bride. Apostles, prophets, they're, they're committed to the local church. They're about the bride. They're about the bride of Messiah. They love her. They're here to build her up and to get her ready for his return. They're, they're, not, they're not lone rangers out there doing their own things. No, they're committed to the local church. They were given to the local church. They may work at other jobs, but their passion, their energy, and their free time is spent on serving and building up local communities. Think of Paul, the Apostle Paul. Do you know he was a tent maker? That was his trade. That's how he made a living. Yet that wasn't his vocation. His passion, his mission was an, was an apostle. He, he did the tent making to fund ministry. But ministry was his goal. Ministry was his calling. He was an apostle, even though he worked for a living. Now, when churches are established and they're strong enough, they're able to employ these callings as full-time ministers to build up the church and in order to plant new ones. That's the call in the church, to advance the kingdom of God on earth as it is in heaven. So as we jump down into these fivefold ministries, let's look at some definitions first. Let's define terms. Let's start with definitions so that we're on the same page. Okay? The first one is the apostle. Here's the definition. Apostles extend the gospel as the sent ones, quote unquote. They ensure that the faith is transmitted from one context to another and from one generation to the next. The Greek word is... Um, actually means, the Greek actually means, the word for apostle means sent one, apostolos, sent one, literally, that's the definition, one who is sent, a messenger, sent as a representative with a message, that is the definition of an apostle, you can think in terms of missionary, if that's helpful, that can function as a synonym for apostle. Missionaries are people that are sent on a mission with a message to accomplish something somewhere that's needed. Let me give you an example. Matthew chapter 10, 1 through 5. says this, Jesus summoned his 12 disciples and gave them authority over every unclean spirit to cast them out and to heal every kind of disease and every kind of sickness. And the names of the 12 apostles are these. And then he gives the names of the 12 apostles. Summons his disciples, takes 12 of them, gives them authority and power, and then sends them. And the next verse uses the word apostle, apostolos, sent ones. Why? He just commissioned them. They become, at this point, apostles because they're being sent out. Verse 5, these 12 Jesus sent out 
There's your word. They're being sent. They are missionaries. They are men on a mission. They have a message. They have power. They have authority. They're representing the king and his kingdom. These 12 Jesus sent out after instructing them, do not go in the way of the Gentiles. Do not enter any of the city of the Samaritans, but rather go to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And as you go, preach saying, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. That's the message. The gospel of the kingdom of God, that the long-awaited kingdom of God has arrived, right? Go and preach this message. That's your message. You're my sent ones. You're my apostles. You're my missionaries. And here's the mission. Go and preach. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, cast out demons. Freely you received, freely give. That's the gospel of the kingdom. That's our mandate. That's every church's mandate. So in summary, they are called apostles because they are sent out on a mission for a Messiah his sent ones, his apostles, his missionaries. They represent him. This is why he gave them his authority and power. They're going to do his work on his behalf. That's why he says in another place, these works that I do, you shall do also. And greater works than these shall you do. Why? Because I'm going to fill you with my spirit. I'm going to give you authority. And when you preach my words, I will do signs and wonders. And people will come to faith. And those that will not will try to kill you. But take good cheer, for I have overcome the world. And death is not the end, right? This ongoing definition, the apostles extend the gospel. They are the sent ones. They ensure that faith is transmitted from one context to another and from one generation to the next. It goes on. They, the apostles, are always thinking about the future. Slide 72. They are always thinking about the future. Bridging barriers. Establishing the church in new contexts. Developing leaders and networking translocally. This is what apostles do. They're motivated by advancing the kingdom of Messiah, by birthing new churches in places that the church doesn't exist. They love new frontiers. They look for places that have yet to, to have a witness in that place, a church, right? And they go ahead of everyone else. And they work with teams of people to actually raise up a new witness for the Lord in that place. This is what motivates them. They are church planters. They love the startup phase of a church. You know the startup phase? That's that, that phase of just utter chaos and challenges. It is, I mean... Church planting is arduous. It is, you know, it takes a special type of person to do that type of work. It is the most time-consuming, most challenging work that anyone could ever do. But they love that phase. 
In fact, once a church gets raised up and established with elders and a pastor and that community starts to thrive, the apostles get frustrated. They're bored and they're frustrated, looking for a new mission, wanting to be sent out again. And if you don't, well, they're going to become impossible. The apostles, like all the fivefold ministries, they derive their training and recognition and mission from elder-led established churches. Let me say that again. All fivefold ministry persons receive their training. They're called by God. The calling comes from God. But now that you're called, what are you going to do? You got to be trained. Someone's got to train you. Who does the training? The local established churches do that. They're the ones that train the fivefold ministers. And they raise them up. They recognize their calling and they give them their training. And then they give them a mission to do. And then they're sent. They remain accountable to the elder-led churches that recognized them and sent them. They don't do things on their own. And the ones that do, they never, they're never successful in ministry. Never. You can see over and over and over. And, and maybe we'll look into this as, as we, uh, we kind of go through this. They get sent out in, in the book of Acts to do a work. And when the work is done, they come back in order to be sent out again for another work. In other words, the fivefold ministers, ministers, including the apostles, are constantly under the authority of elders who recommission them. They're in relationship with the church. They love the church. They're under the church's authority. And this is where they thrive. So, what about those who think, well, maybe I'm called to one of these offices? We're going to spend some time on this as we get into the future, but I wanted to at least kind of give a quick answer to that because I know people uh, have callings on their life. And not everyone's called to, to fivefold offices. Some are called to the marketplace, right? Some are called to, you know, the arts and entertainment. Look at Tim Tebow. You, you, you think he loves football? Yeah. Because it gives him a platform for Jesus. He's all about Jesus. He just uses his calling to advance the kingdom. Not everyone's called to fivefold ministry. Some are called to the NFL or the NBA, right? Wherever you're called to in life, you represent Christ in that calling. For those who are called to maybe one of the fivefold offices, you know, it's our job to raise you up and to release you with teams of people to get the work done. Now, we're working on that right now. We as a congregation, we as a staff, we are working right now on putting together a leadership development program. Now, now that's in the working, so we'll have to wait and see what that looks like. I can't give you any of the details. Just know we're working on that. Let me at least share with you our mission and vision as a church. 
Let me keep that before us, what it is that we do in the harvest. Now, this is updated. Uh, Pastor Josh and I have worked on this to update it. And so this is our updated version of our mission and vision. But listen to this. And Josh was so helpful on this. You know, I'm just like, <laughs> I'm like, you know, okay, so I'm in the 60s. And, and it's really hard for me to reach down and catch the attention of some of our younger groups that are down in their 20s, you know. So I need lots of help. Josh has given me lots of help on that. So, um, But listen to this. The Harvest. We are a faith-based organization of Jewish and Gentile believers in Yeshua the Messiah dedicated to uniting Jews and Gentiles in reaching out to the disadvantaged and disenfranchised around us with a goal of bringing hope, healing, wholeness, and connectedness within our society, community, businesses, and families. That's the gospel in 2021. That's what we are called to as a church. That's our mission. Our vision, our long-term kind of uh, idea, what we look like down the road. Well, by the grace and providence of God, we purpose to create, develop, implement, and replicate faith-based communities of Jewish and Gentile believers in Yeshua the Messiah, equipping them with programs that bring hope to the hopeless, healing to the sick, freedom to those who are trapped in addictions, and wealth empowerment to those in financial disarray. Isn't that amazing? I mean, that's what we're called to do. That's what we are going to do. And it's going to take all of us working together to reach out and bring hope to those around us. So that training, well, we're working on it. And we're going to get that up and running. That's going to be our leadership development program. It's going to take people from serving to leading and to planting new churches. It will include not only leadership development, but it will also have an emphasis in each of the five-fold offices. Is there a need for a Messianic charismatic congregation in other places around us? Just ask, just ask Greeley. Yeah, ask Greeley if there's a need. Ask Fort Collins if there's a need. Ask Loveland if there's a need. We got people sitting in those three cities. They've asked us for years. Are you going to plant something up here? What an opportunity that would be. That's so exciting. And let's, let's not forget the South. Let's not forget Highlands Ranch. Let's not forget Parker. You know, people in Parker have been saying for two decades, plant a harvest down here. We need a harvest down in Parker. What about Castle Rock? Oh my gosh, the South is just crying out. The North is crying out. And I think that God wants to do something big in and through us in planting other messianic charismatic congregations both in the north and in the south. The need is enormous. The harvest fields are ripe and waiting on us. They're waiting on us. So our first steps, our first steps, build up this location once again. Yeah, look around. Look around. 
We're about half our size. Yeah. We need to get back to a place where we're running about 2, 250, you know. We need to get our numbers up, get strong again, get our training program up, and then begin to release some teams to plant some congregations in the north and the south. And that, I promise you, is going to be absolutely exciting. So, what are we going to do in the immediate future? We're going to start some outreach events this summer. We're going to begin to do some outreach to build this place up. We're going to do some evangelism, and we're going to do it in a way that's fun and exciting, not scary, okay? You don't want to scare people or yourself. So we're not going to do that kind, okay? I promise it'll be fun and exciting. And I believe that God's going to do His part in terms of signs and wonders. He's going to bring His presence to what we're doing. And that's what's going to make it fun and exciting. And we're going to lead people into His kingdom. We're going to baptize them. And we're going to bring them here to be discipled. And then we're going to equip them to participate on teams that in the future will be the ones that we send north and south to plant new works. Is that exciting? Does that move in your heart? I'm so excited about that. So by the grace and favor of God and the leading of the Holy Spirit, we're going to rebuild the harvest and fulfill our mission and vision for the glory of Yeshua, the Messiah. So, just real quick, if you're interested in learning more about what we will be doing this summer, and also perhaps participating in it, just raise your hand so I can just kind of see who would like to kind of do that. Okay, that's good. That's half of us, if, if not more. Um, so, yeah, so what we'll do is we'll put together some things. And then what I want you to do is I want you to email me. Send me an email, mark, M-A-R-K, at graftedin.com and put in the subject line, Summer Outreach. Say after me, Summer Outreach. Put that in the subject line. And I'm going to create an email list so I can get back to you with some information of what we're going to be doing. And then we'll have some meetings and then we're going to do it. And we're going to have a great time out there in the summer doing some of these outreaches. So that's, that's going to be exciting. All right, so what I'd like to do is um, just open up some questions that you might have on what I taught today. And, and then after that question time, um, I want to pray for you, and then we'll dismiss. So if anyone has a question related to the fivefold ministry, and how that operates, specifically uh, the apostles. Uh, just raise your hand, and I'm going to have um, Robin take you the mic. So if you have a question, raise your hand. Good. We have one in the back. Robin? Yep. That's going to be in the back by Eileen. This side? Over here? This side? Okay, so I'm going to stop him. And... Okay. Slow down. Not, don't go too fast. Okay, there we go. Eileen, what's your question? Okay, so I've seen different gifts in different people. Um, 
can they spill over like an apostle? If he wants to leave after he establishes a church, but you seem to see a, a pastoral teaching or some, you know, do they spill over into different, the gifts spill into Right, so the gifts, the gifts overlap. So apostles that are sent, they'll also have secondary gifting. So as they're doing different things, uh, they might even do some pastoral stuff before they actually put a pastor in. But once that pastor is in and established, that church gets established, they're pretty much done. So they'll come back to the sending group for another assignment. And in that way, the, the apostles come and go, come and go, come and go. That's what they do. They're never, ever, ever going to be excited about staying anywhere for any length of time. They like that startup phase. But every apostle has secondary giftings, and, and that's true with all the other fivefold ministries. Uh, typically, those that are called to that have a primary and a secondary gift uh, mixed with that. Great. Thank you for your question. Who's next? In the center. Thank you, Robin. Yes. So this is a, along the lines of what Eileen just was asking. Um, would the healing of the sick and the casting out of demons, I would imagine in today's world, that would be seen as, golly gee, um, addiction, um, um, maybe having strongholds or soul ties to that extent. Would that be exclusively the region of the apostle or is that also possibly say because i'm struggling with the idea of what i'm called to <laughs> gotcha it's a great question it's a great question so when it comes to signs and wonders you know casting out demons uh healing the sick and so forth do, or is, it, is it just apostles that do that uh no it's not but it's primarily their domain and let me give you the reason why in an established community like this most people are saved, cleaned up, filled with the Holy Spirit. So, so you're not going to see a lot of signs and wonders because that already took place as they were coming to faith. You want to see signs and wonders? They come because of a power clash between good and evil. So when you go out into a world of darkness with the message of the gospel, you're going to have evil confront you. And then you have heaven and hell through those representatives on earth the saved and the lost, come into a crescendo, a clash, both in the natural and the supernatural realm. That's why you see signs and wonders at that point. You see demons coming out because you're working with lost people. So you see people getting free because they're lost and they're usually in some area of bondage. So yeah, you see a lot more signs and wonders when you're doing uh, work among the lost. So evangelism, apostles, outreach, that's where you see the big things going off. You know, that's so exciting, right? We like that. We say, well, what? you know, the church seems so mellow and we don't see things like that in the church. Yeah, because the church is saved, you know? What do you want to see your brothers and sisters, you know, be overwhelmed with demons so they could be cast out at your next service? Of course not. So, uh, yeah, so that's how that works. Good question. Thank you so much. All right, another question? Is this thing on? Oh, there it goes. Um, I just have a question about the context going into verse 11. Um, of what of, chapter? Of chapter 4 of Ephesians. Okay. 
Um, just because right before that it's talking about God or Jesus ascending and then it goes right into the fivefold ministry. How can you just clarify? Hold that closer in your mouth. Hello. Okay. <laughs> um, so verse eleven. Yeah. Can you just clarify the context leading into chapter eleven? So, so when we look at verse eleven, what specifically are you thinking about when you're thinking of verse eleven? And and do you have a more of a specific question related to that? Yeah. So I guess it just is like so. I have footnotes in my Bible talking about verses eight, nine, and ten, talking about him descending into the lower parts of the earth. Yeah. Um, and just, it felt like, okay, so are the people that are in the lower parts of the earth, is those the people that he's talking about that are now going to have the fivefold ministry? Because contextually, that's what it seems like it could be saying, but it's not what it's saying, right? So does that make sense? I didn't really think through this all that well, but it just was the question on my you, mind. You, you know, I think Jesus answered questions with questions because he knew people were going to actually work through that and get it themselves. And that's always important, but uh, it is a great question. And so let me try to answer that. Actually, his, his descent is trying to describe his ascent. And so you can't ascend if you're already there. So they're saying he ascended because he descended. Where did he descend? Not just to the earth, but he went to the lower parts in his death because that's where he rendered the enemy powerless. He's the divine invader from heaven to earth, dies, goes into the lower parts, takes from the realm of death and Satan, his power to rule and reign over this world. He reclaims creation. He comes up, he ascends, and in his ascension, he gives gifts because he's taken back creation for himself. And the gifts he's giving are those people that are born again that he's called to to advance his kingdom, establish churches as he takes creation back, as he plunders this world, which belonged to Satan because we gave it to him in the fall, he's taking it back and he's taking the subjects of Satan in his kingdom for himself, transferring them out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light through faith in himself. And that's how he's plundering and taking them. So he gives gifts in order to establish communities that can send the gospel out and rescue people that are trapped in the darkness. And so, so that, that is the context of that ascension, descension. And that's where we get the, the term ascension gifts. They're, they're gifts that were given after the ascension. Is that, does that answer that? Thank you. Okay. He said, the mic wasn't on. He said, that was perfect. Thank you. You've got points with me today. Okay. All right, anyone else? And then, uh, okay, Eric. So Pastor Mark, I feel like this is a really right now uh, message for me because the world's just been so trashed in the last year. I feel like we, need, we have a lot of work to do to go rebuild it. So I'm super excited to hear that we, you're, you're gonna tell us what the specifics are to what to go do. And, uh, don't hate me. I, I still love you. I've been listening to Perry Stone a little bit lately. And, hey, uh, hey, we love Perry Stone, man. <laughs> I mean, he, he, he's been around a long time, solid character, loves Israel, loves Israel, identifies with Israel, is yet to realize he's actually part of Israel. That, we'll help him with that. Okay, God bless Perry Stone. 
He's helped us a lot. We owe that to him. And Good. he's uh, been talking about, just last year he kind of came out with this, the Bema judgment a lot and the rewards and the crowns you get. And my, I myself being a capitalist, that's where I get interested. Where, what's the reward? So, what's the reward? Um, that's right. Okay. If you can tell us what there is and how the rewards apply, you got, you've got my ear. So, that's what yeah. I'm well, obvious, obviously, there are rewards that come for serving the king. And he gives, he gives an array of award, uh, uh, awards. And, you know, the imagery that we're given, you know, is that of like um, crowns and diadems and so forth. Um, but it's not specific. I mean, that's, that's like a metaphor. So we don't know exactly what that looks like, but it, it is a gift. And um, it rewards those who are faithful and committed to the local church and have done the work of Messiah. And those that took their salvation for granted and really didn't do anything, didn't really give back, um, they don't receive those rewards. In fact, in fact, the rewards are for everyone. And so if, if we are passive, we lose that which was set aside for us. But it's not a salvation issue. It's not talking about salvation. It's just talking about reward. But I think those rewards, it's a period of time in which people enjoy some of these things before we come into that final age. Because once you're in the final age, um, those have to be somewhat transitory in my opinion because if it's for all eternity and I got to look at your big, beautiful crown with royal diadems and I got nothing but a little leather strap, gosh, that's just going to be hard for all of eternity. So I think what happens is there's a period of awards, but after that, everything then evens out and we come into a fullness of equality of position and standing in, in eternity that just evens out for everybody. So I hope that's helpful to you, Eric. Um, so Eric, let me ask you a question. He's already tapping his mic. He wants to answer. I didn't say I wanted you to answer. I just said, yeah, I want to ask you a question, but you can answer though, of course. You, you can answer. Is it on? Okay, now it's on. Is it on? Is it on, Robin? Uh, I don't think so. Okay. There we go. Okay. okay. Don't mute or unmute. <laughs> Ruben takes care of all that. <laughs> he'll, he'll do it all. Thank you. Okay, so Eric, let me ask you a question. Do you think you're called to, I think so. to one of the fivefold ministries? I can't identify the caller, though. It's just an unknown number. Yeah. <laughs> or I don't know what I'm supposed to do. But, but, but do, you feel like, do you feel like that? Yeah. Yeah. You know why? Because because I've sensed that uh, in you, and I, I I've seen that growing for some time now, and uh, I think other people are seeing that too, and and I'm excited about that. I'm not sure what that is either, uh, you know, but I've seen that in you, and and a desire and a flame uh, for the Lord that's just beautiful, and I think that's really an awesome thing. So what I want you to do is I want you to give the mic back to Robin, and I want you to come up here in the front. And then I also want to ask, yeah, that's right. I also want to ask if, if anyone else feels like I'm called to fivefold ministry. I just feel like that. Um, if you feel like that, I just want to pray for you. I'm not going to do anything. We're not recognizing that. We're just praying for what you sense and what we see God doing. And, and we'll talk about training and all that kind of stuff that comes for years to come after that, right? Um, so don't worry about that. 
But if you feel like you're called to fivefold ministry, come up here, please. I want you to come up here and stand up here because I know a number of people are, are called to that. Amen, that's right. That's right. Yeah, I want you to just stand up here, spread out a little bit. If you feel called to fivefold ministry. Now, I want you to I want you to go ahead and fan out a little bit, wall to wall if we have to. Now, look at this. I want you to look at this for a moment, okay? Eileen's joining us. I don't know. You know, I don't know if this is prophetic that she's moving backwards towards us. I'm sure there's something there, but thank you. Thank you. All right, so uh, Elder Randy, I want you to stay up here if you would. Stand up here with me and... And uh, Robin, if you want to come up with me as well, I'm going to have Gary continue to stand down here. Uh, but Robin, come on up here. And then any, uh, is, is Pastor Josh up here or not? Okay, that's okay. That's okay. Bill, Bill, is he? Okay. Come on up. So, and then I think Bill may be coming up too. Um, just wanted to get some of our elders up here and staff pastors. Jess, come on up here and stand with Josh. Aurelio, come on up, if you would. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Okay. Um, okay. So, we, we just, just, well, I want to, I'll tell you afterwards. All right. So Bill's coming up. So, uh, but just just look at this. Um, these these children of God, our brothers and our sisters, feeling a call in their heart, a call on their life for fivefold ministry. That's significant. This is significant. Look how generous the Father is. Look, look at how, how extraordinarily generous the Father is in terms of what He's doing in His people. Our name is the harvest. Yeah, we're called to really bring in a harvest of souls. And I believe God's saying, I've heard your cries. I've given you a harvest of leaders to shape and raise up in order to bring in a harvest. So I just wanted to acknowledge that and pray for you, and we're going to just extend our hands towards you. I want you to extend your hands towards them as part of the community as well. And let's just pray for uh, these that are here right now and ask that God would do his part in bringing about the next uh, steps in raising up people for his work. Father, we love you. We bless you. We thank you. For everyone that's up here, we're overwhelmed, Lord. I, frankly, I, Father, didn't even think there would be as many as are up here. So I rejoice in your goodness. I rejoice in the call that you've placed in these, your people's lives. And we bless them now, Father. We bless them in the name of Yeshua. 
We thank you for responding. And we say, be blessed in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And we say, God, come and blow on that now. Blow on that fire that's deep within. And I pray, God, that you would watch over there and them and guard them and get them ready for the future. And I pray that you will help us, especially the staff, that you would help us put together the leadership training program to take them to the next step and ultimately to release them in teams to go and to advance your kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. Father, we love you, we bless you, we bless our community, and we bless these, your people, in Yeshua's name. Amen. 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 Thank you. So those that came up, I also want you to send me an email, mark it grafted in, put on summer outreach, because that's part of what we're doing here as well. So uh, thank you. We will get back to you. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. And then... uh, We're going to dismiss a little bit early. We're going to dismiss a little bit early. Uh, While we were in doing our service today, we had multiple break-ins in our cars in in the parking lot. We've never had that happen before. So the police are on their way. Multiple break-ins. I want to tell you something. I want to tell you something. Every, Every time you in your personal life or we as a community are on the brink of stepping into something significant that the Father's doing, the enemy will always attack. That's the way it is. He always attacks in order to disrupt and hopefully circumvent what God's wanting to do. And so I think what's happened out here has been a huge spiritual attack because of what God's doing in our community in relationship to this next step for us as a community. So um, let's pray about that, and then we're going to go ahead and dismiss early. Father, we love you. We bless you. We pray that you will raise up a standard against the attack of the enemy. We pray also, Father, that you would go through your holy angels and drive back this darkness, this assault against us. And I pray, Father, that you will give to everyone in our community that has suffered loss today as a result of this provision and that you would return to them much more than they lost, that you would go and plunder the enemy's camp and return that to them, that they would see in you a protection and a provision to do your work here on earth as it is in heaven. We love you. We bless you. In Yeshua's mighty name, amen.